I'm telling you, when she says who wants overflow, you better be the first hand up. I'm serious. You, why would you not put your hand up? Uh, there, there's something to that. I don't remember who that was who said, come down if you need healing or whatever. Lester Summerall was down in Tulsa, and he said, come on down here if you need healing for whatever that was. And a couple people came down, but then he prayed for them, and then they went away. Then a few minutes later, a person came down, and he said, you missed it. you got to go back to your seat. He said, that anointing was here, and now it's not here. You, you should have come when God called. And when God says overflow, you got to get your hands up, get your funnel out, and start, start bringing in the overflow. Press down, shake it together, and running over will men pour into your house. Amen. Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for that word, Father, and we stand on it. It says, we are your children, Father, and we live in the overflow. I thank you, Father, that we have more than enough for everything that you've called us to in this church and in the lives of the people of this church. I thank you, Father, that you are providing everything. And, Father, that as we live in this world, we are stewards and not owners. And, Father, we are wealthy and we are rich, having everything that we have need of when we need it. I thank you, Father, today that our ears are open, our eyes are open, that you speak to us and you show us things we've never seen before. I thank you, Father, that you speak to us in a way in which we understand that your word goes into our heart and it brings up a harvest in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. God's good, huh? Great stuff. Good to see y'all. How many of you were here? Or let's say, how many of you were not here last week? You weren't here last week. Okay, so I'll go back and spend a couple minutes and just kind of buzz through that uh, real quick. If I stop and, and, and stare at you weirdly and, and don't talk, it's because you look like a taco from Little Mexico. I, 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 every, everything looks like a taco. Uh, you know, you remember those cartoons where they would look out and they'd be hungry and everybody would be like hamburgers and hot dogs and all that? Y'all look like tacos. Uh, so, and Pastor Pam brought tacos to work today for lunch. It was really nice. I went into her office and she was eating Taco Bell tacos. And then, uh, if I could sniff, I, I, sniffing's okay on a fast, right? You can sniff. Okay, so I, I sniffed. I, I'm, not, I'm just being honest. I sniffed a lot. And she said, sorry. I said, oh, no, it's okay. So uh, we got all that. How many of you are doing it fast? All right. Amen. Praise God. Hearing all kinds of things. If you've got testimonies or things to share about, about uh, the, the opportunities that are coming your way and, and fasting and hearing from God, go to our Facebook page and, and put those on there. Write those things down. Get them on there. Get them out of your house and onto something somewhere. The things that God's doing, write your testimonies down, keep your journal, do all those kind of things. But get on Facebook, begin to spread that thing. It says, people overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. That's just not for you. It helps you continue on, but that's for the people who are around you as well. So uh, last week we talked about the messages for these next couple Wednesdays were were, were called Finely Tuned. And last week, uh, as we started, it said, ready to listen. I think we have to be prepared in our life to hear God. Discernment is what these four messages are, are, are going to, to really be based on, but discernment is just being able to tell the difference between something. And in our life, spiritually, spiritual discernment is us being able to understand the voice of God against all the other voices that are out there. So today we're going to talk about how God speaks to us how he leads us, how he guides us, how he confirms his word. But, but last week, we had to, you have to get into a position to hear. God wants to speak to you, and he wants to speak to me, and we all need wisdom. And he says in James 1, 5, I'll give you wisdom if you ask. Well, that's awesome. We raise our hand, we pray, we, we ask God, and then we say, well, how, what's he going to do? Is he going to send me something UPS? 
Am I going to get a letter in the mailbox? Is he going to give me an email? You know, is he going to send me something on Facebook? What, what is God going to do? Well, he's going to speak to your spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that spiritual wisdom is spiritually discerned. That in our lives, when we come to Christ, our spirit man basically wakes up and becomes alive. Alive unto Christ, and really you can think of it as putting the ears on, and now you can hear. Before you couldn't, but now you can. The Holy Spirit calls man to repentance. Man repents, receives Jesus as his Lord and Savior commits his life to him, spirit man comes alive, and now I have an opportunity to understand the word of God like never before. How many of you were unsaved and people talked to you or they wanted to share something or you read something in the word and it just didn't make any sense? But once you got saved, now all of a sudden those things are starting to make sense. Why? Your spirit man is alive. And now you're starting to, to be able to hear what God is saying, see what God is doing, and begin to put those things all in a row in your life. Thank God we have, uh, we have the ability to see those things that are coming down the road. You know, it says in John 16, 13 that he'll tell us things to come. Thank God. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You can look back now and see all the mistakes you've made. You can look back now and see all the good things you've done. You can look back and see how God had a hand on your life all this time. I'm just thankful I am not in jail somewhere for all the things. My mother's here, so I'll keep it clean. For all the things that, that, I, that Matt did, my brother. And, and I, I was just with him. And so I knew I would be in trouble if I was with him. So, uh, but, I mean, how many of you know there, but by the grace of God, go, go us. And so you, you see God's hand as you go this way. What we need to be able to do as, as believers is begin to mature in Christ so that we see his hand moving in our life right now. So that as we go forward, we make more good decisions than we make bad decisions. And it's a process, and we're going to talk about it a little bit today. This, is, this discerning the voice of God is available to all of us as believers. But I'm telling you, this is... This is some, some, some maturity. This is some practice. This is some hearing God and making some mistakes and learning from your mistakes. Last week we said, I began to ask God, show me, show me how you speak to me. Lead me and guide me so that I could be awake unto that. But do it in the little things. Begin to show me the little stuff. And, and, and he did. I was on my way to school one day, and, and, and the best parking spot in, in the whole parking lot was wide open. And I was like, sweet mama, I'm good now, man. And I went to whip the car in there. Of course, I'm late, so, you know, there's the bells ringing and everything else. I'm pulling in, and, and all of a sudden, the Spirit speaks to me and says, don't park there. And I said, you got to be kidding me. This is the best parking spot in the whole place. And I proceeded to wheel myself right in there, get out, get my stuff, go to class. And about two or three hours later, they called me on the speaker thing and said, uh, Mr. Skelton, I said, yeah, yeah, pick up your phone. So I picked up the phone, and they said, uh, you're going to have to go move your car. They're working on that light today. And God said, well, you wanted to know in the little things. That was me. So can we put those things? God's speaking to us. If you ask for wisdom, it says he'll tell you. If you ask him to begin to show you, to begin to speak to you, begin to lead you, he'll begin to do it. But then what we have to do is begin what I say in determining divine direction of VBIs. We have to be able to assimilate him speaking to us to all the things that are going on around us. And when we make the good decisions, most of the time we don't know if that was God or not. But if we make the bad decisions, we realize it was. How many have learned more from your mistakes than, than the things you've done right? And he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. You, you have the ability to listen. But what we said last week was you have to come close. You have to sit quietly. You have to be at his feet. You have to spend time with him. Why? Because he's the real thing. 
And with all the stuff going around, you need to know the real thing. And to get close to God, you have to be humble. To be close to God, you have to have a reverential fear of the Lord. And we said make discernment a priority in your life. That that's something that you, that you seek out. That's something that you go after. In Jeremiah, it says that, that he, he's not hiding from you. It says you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart. If you go after him, you'll find him. He will make himself known to you, and he will show you all of those things. That's how in our life we begin to get that Isaiah 55 thing that says his thoughts aren't our thoughts and his ways aren't our ways. They're higher than ours. Well, then how do we get those? Get at his feet. Seek his face. That way when you have decisions to make, when you face things in your world and in your life, you're able to to be close to him and you know his voice. Your husband or your wife can't probably fake you out on the phone. When they call, you know it's them. Not because of a caller ID, but because of their voice. You know their voice. You spent time with them. You have an intimate relationship that is close. It's the same thing with God. If you draw close to him, you know the real thing, that when he speaks to you, it helps us discern his voice from all the others. Because they're out there. All those voices are all over the place. We left last week with Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. And and can you put that up there, Sandy? Sorry, I didn't mark that one, but... We read this and said, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. We talked about it on Sunday when we talked about spirit, soul, and body and the fact that when it says life to you, that's spirit. And when it says health to all your flesh, that's your body. But then in the midst of this, you have to realize that I am inclining my ear and hearing what God's saying, that's my mind. So all three things, right, spirit, soul, and body, are being taken care of here. I'm applying my mind, or I'm, I'm meditating the Word of God. I'm listening to what he's saying. And it's life to the Spirit, man, the real me, the real you. And it's health to our flesh, our bodies. Today, I think as we go, we're just, today we begin to talk about this, 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 how does God talk to us? You know, in the Old Testament, it was awesome because the cloud was there. The cloud and the pillar of fire. And when the cloud moved, they moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. Well, we don't have any clouds that are guiding us. In the New Testament church, We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and he's your cloud on the inside. And when he says, move, you move, and when he says, stop, you stop. The problem is we can't see it. You can't probably tangibly feel it. I know that time when you thought you felt God and you had goosebumps all over, it was probably the air condition. I mean, it might not be a physical thing, because the next time God begins to deal with you and he begins to lead you or he begins to speak to you, you may not get goosebumps. That doesn't mean it's not God. It could have meant that the air conditioner was blowing down the back of your neck and you got a little chill. At the same time, God was talking to you. In the Old Testament, they followed the cloud, they followed the priest. In the New Testament, we're all kings and priests. The cloud's on the inside of you and you have to follow it. I think we would probably vote and say, I like the Old Testament way, it seems easier. But here's the deal. If you go to the Old Testament way, you can't hear God. You can follow that pillar, but you're following Moses. And you're listening to what Moses says because he's the one who hears from God. You're scared to hear from God. That was the children of Israel at that time. That's not who we are. We are the New Testament church now who has the ability. So I really, you really have to apply yourself. Like we said last week, draw close to him because this is important for your future Hearing from God is important. This year is a year of great opportunity for us, but I'm telling you, if you can't discern between his voice and the voice of all the other things that are in this world, 
Think about it. It is loud out there. I mean, it, it, you're bombarded with, with all these voices, the enemy's voice. God's speaking to you. You got people who you know. You got sirens going off and horns going off and the internet and your cell phone and, and all of this noise, whether it's, it's audible noise or it's just static noise and things that are going on, it's there to drown out the voice of God. So that's why we need to be humble and have the fear of the Lord and seek him and have discernment as a, as a priority because we want to be close to him so that when he speaks to us, we know his voice. Well, how does he speak to us? Well, he speaks to us mainly by the still small voice in your hearts, that quiet cloud that's on the inside. So that's why in our life, it's important to get quiet. It's a still small voice. He begins to lead you and guide you by an intuition in your heart, a knowing something that begins to stir on the inside of you and you, and you know that, that this is the truth and you, you, for some, you, can't, you can't put a, a finger on it but for some reason you feel like this is the direction you should go. Like I, I don't know why I should make this choice. It doesn't seem like it's a great choice but I, I, on the inside of me I, I just, I, I have to do it. On the other side of that is that red light thing that we'll talk about here in a minute that says, man, I don't care how good it looks. I, for something, I just, I just can't get comfortable on the inside. Our son was, was getting ready to make a decision last week. Is that what it was? Last Wednesday, was it last Wednesday? Oh, awesome. Last Wednesday, he was making a decision, and I came home. And you know you're in trouble when, you're, when your wife says, hey, hey, tell him about your, your day-to-day, Daniel. So then I know I'm in for something. They're setting me up. So I either, you know, we're going to win the lottery here. Something's going on. So I, I, I listened to what he said and what he shared with me, and it, did, it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't really bear witness with my spirit, but I'm not him. And, and, and we have spent a long time training him. He's, he's 23 years old, but he, he's, we've been, we started at 12 years old training him to hear the voice of the spirit so that when God speaks to him, he knows. And so when we left that thing, we said, hey, here's the deal, man. I, I, if that's God and that's what you're, you feel like you're supposed to do, awesome. I can't wait to see it. But if it's not, you better not do it. So the next day, it was Thursday, because the next day was Friday, and he called me, and I was on my way home, and he, he called and said, well, I, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and not do that. I'm going to do it th- the other way. And I said, well, that, that's a good choice. Why, you know, why did you, why'd you do that? So I was up till 5 o'clock in the morning, laying there in my bed, wrestling with the decision. When there's unrest in your heart, don't move forward. If you can't get peace, don't go on. And in his life, I'm just glad that he made the right choice. He said, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Peter calls that place in your heart the, the hidden man, and Paul calls it the inward man or the inner man. It's that small place there in your heart where God begins to, to lead you. Learn to follow it in the little things so that when the big things come, you know it. When you become alive unto Christ, your spirit, man, is alive. And now this is the place where God can begin to speak to you, like we said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Spiritual wisdom is discerned spiritually. You have the, basically the box to uncode what he's speaking to you. On the inside, it's alive unto Christ. But here's the thing. That part of you, you have to realize it's pure. And when your mind and your flesh get funky, that part stays pure. 
before you might have been able to sin and do some things in your life, and it didn't bother you. But once you get saved, you go out and do the same things, and for some reason it bothers you. Why? Because your spirit man is alive unto Christ. And your conscience is the voice of your spirit. And that's the thing that's telling you, probably shouldn't be here. And you're like, I've been doing this for 20 years, I'm fine. But something's not right on the inside. Why is that? Because your spirit man is being attacked by all the things that are going around. It's being grieved by what's happening. Now, you can push that down. You could, that's the voice of God speaking to you, saying, hey, hey, it's time to go. We got, we got to get out of here. We can't do this anymore. You can push that down. I mean, you can, you, can, you can forget it. Your mind can be strong, and you guys have held all kinds of things in, whether it be hurts or anything else, but you can take that, and you can crush that down, and you can keep going. But you have to be, you become callous to it. So you're not, now you're not close to him, hearing his voice quickened and be able to move quickly. Now you're callous to that, and he's trying to talk to you, and it's like banging on a, a dead tree. There's, there's, nobody's home. You're not answering. You've, you've, you've basically pushed that voice down. You've pushed that place down in your life and started to walk in the flesh. That's trouble. Because the way he speaks to us, he has an audible voice or an almost audible voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that, that's the thing that, that doesn't happen all the time. That's the thing that makes you look around sometimes and go, was that, who, who was here? That's only happened to me a few times in my life. And what you find as you walk with Christ, you begin to read books about this or see things, most of the time those are like last-ditch efforts maybe that God's really trying to get your attention. And it doesn't happen all the time. It's rare. Most of the time it's that inward intuition, that thing that, that moves on the inside of you. Paul said in Acts chapter 27, as they were getting ready to put him on the ship to head off to see Caesar, he told them, gentlemen, I perceive that this trip is not going to end well and it will end with loss of ship and life. He said, I perceive that this is about to happen. What does that mean? On the inside, he sensed the fact that God was showing him that this was not the direction for them to go. At the time, they were taking him. He wasn't, pay- he wasn't paying to get on the ship. They, he didn't really have much of a choice. So they put him on the ship. Now, in the end, if you know the story, the, a big tempest arose, a big storm arose, and it, it started tearing the ship up, and all things happened. And, and then God spoke to him and, and began to share. And he began to tell him by the Spirit that this is what you should do. Lighten the load. Get rid of everything. Then he said, cut off all the boats. Don't let anybody leave the ship. And we're going to run aground on a certain rock. And all of that happened. So God spared their life. But I bet the next time he talked, they all paid attention. The next time he said, I perceive something, they all probably said, okay, what do you perceive? Tell us. Why? Because the things that he said came to pass. God will always fulfill his word that he speaks to you. He'll always fulfill the things that he's showing you in your heart. The timing many times is the issue. When will that happen? Many times he's telling you things that are going to happen today or he wants you to do at the moment. There'll be times where he's speaking to you things that aren't for yet. They're for later. Write them down. Why? Because sometimes we got to, we got to, we got to, he, he knows we're going to walk around that mountain a few times in our head. He knows we can't, we can't wrap ourselves around that. We don't have the faith for that yet. But as we, as we trust him, 
We begin to write those things down, right? He who writes those things down can read it and run with it in Habakkuk. So that now we're, we're starting to, to say, okay, I, I know God's around, man. He's speaking to me. I think this is God. Pastor Bill always put him in three things. I know this is God. I think this is God. Oh, man, I hope this is God. Right? And as you proceed down the way, time-wise, these things begin to come to pass. Some of them, you might not see all of those things. You might not be right. That happens. But time begins to tell. We'll talk about some ways at the end where, where God begins to help us confirm that what we have heard is God. He doesn't just leave you by the wayside hoping and wishing that what you have heard is God. He doesn't leave you like pin the tail on the donkey with a thing around your eyes and a pen in your hand, and you're supposed to find out what he's really saying. As he begins to speak to you, he'll begin to confirm that word. Have you ever had something go on on the inside of you? You don't know why. You're not real sure, sure what's going on. But then all of a sudden you read a scripture the next day and it jives with that. And then all of a sudden you come to church and, and, and Pastor John or Pastor Pam or Elizabeth or somebody has a message and it's, it is that. As you, as you fast, I'm telling you, he begins to speak those things to you. I'm spending a lot of time on Sunday mornings listening to the people coming up, showing me their journal. God told me that yesterday. God showed me that the day before. Look at the scripture I was reading. It's exactly what you said today. That's not on me. That's on them. That's them being alert. That's them being awake. That's them being stirred by the Spirit. That's, that's all of you saying, man, this is it. I'm hearing it. I know God's speaking to me. Now what you do is, once you stop fasting, you have to continue in that. Right? We fasted to put the food and the flesh down so that we can hear his voice more clearly. So that he can lead us and he can guide us. Spiritually, we become aware and discerning, sharper. And then as we go forward, we begin to eat. We have to realize we've got we to keep, keep that sharpness. We've got to keep ourselves honed. Because he wants to lead you and he wants to guide you. And the two things, really, that, that we have on the inside of us are those red lights and those green lights, those stops and those goes. Now, as you mature in Christ, I'm telling you, 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 begin, you begin to know those things. All of a sudden, when he says don't park at that spot anymore, you don't park at that spot anymore. You know that there's a reason. When he says turn left, you turn left. When he says go straight, you go straight. And when he says say this, you say that. When he says don't say that, <laughs> you don't say that. Right? We all face decisions. We all have things going on. If we open ourselves up to him, he will lead us and he will guide us. And he does so by this inward intuition, this still small voice. It says in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your heart. He's not a God of confusion. He's actually the God of peace. So when Daniel, I asked him, why'd you make that choice? I wanted to know. I don't want you to do what dad said because dad's been wrong. He's been right before and I've been wrong. So I told him, I, doesn't sound right to me. Personally, I probably wouldn't do that. But I've said those two things to him before and he's been right. So I said, why did you make that other decision? I didn't, have any, I didn't have any peace. I didn't rest. 
I just fought all night, tossed and turned and thought about it and ran it over my head and tried to figure it out. I couldn't make it work and I, I didn't have any peace. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want. I want to know that you're staying up till five o'clock, struggling with it. I do. I, he's 23. He, can, he never goes to sleep. He sleeps like all afternoon on the couch. Five o'clock doesn't hurt him. I know we're all going like, ooh, I don't want to have to stay up that. Well, you won't have, but he's 23. That doesn't matter to him. That's normal time. That's when he does his best thinking. Well, see, here's the thing. Many times, like him, see, he, sometimes he won't ask because he doesn't want to hear no. Sometimes we don't ask God because we don't want to hear no. But when he begins to check you in your spirit, you begin to get that thing in, your, in the inside of you that says, I just can't get any peace. I just can't get any rest in my heart. My mind's all confused. I'm going back and forth. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do that? Nah, nah, nah. You're like windshield wipers. Don't do it. As you mature in Christ, you realize that that pushy, got to make a choice, got to do it right now. Come on, you got to, that loud voice that's telling you those things, that's the enemy. Most of the time, that is the enemy pushing you a direction. And because we get anxious in our heart during that time, we make a choice. But it's not always the right choice because anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. It says in, in Psalms 37, 8, be anxious for nothing. Or it says, don't fret, it only causes harm. In Philippians chapter 4, it says, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because you make stupid decisions that way. You do, I do. When you start getting out of your head and start freaking out, you make all kinds of crazy decisions. Don't go past God saying no. Sometimes we think it's easier to ask forgiveness rather than permission. Right? People do that in the world all the time. They want to borrow something, you're not around, I'll just take it anyway, I'll ask forgiveness if they didn't, you know, I don't want to go turn them down, I don't want to ask them because they might say no, so I'll just take it, I'll bring it back, if they had a problem with it, I'll just, I'll just say I'm sorry. Spiritually, that's a very dangerous premise. Spiritually, that's a very dangerous statement. We don't say it, but it's, it's in our head. I want to do it anyway. So I'm, I'm just not going to bother asking. And we go past that check on our heart, and we do what we want to do, and when God calls us on it, we need to ask forgiveness. Now, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins as we repent. But here's the thing. You may not get a chance to ask forgiveness. See, you, we live in a dangerous world. There are things all over the place happening. Don't get outside of God's will especially on purpose. Accidentally, we make mistakes, whatever. But on purpose, blatantly going after that thing, that God said no. You know what it is, man. It's unrest. It's uneasy. There's something inside you that's going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But you're like, I want to do it, I want to do it, I want to do it. But God says no. But it looks like everybody else has done it, but it's not for you. And he's gentleman, Right? He doesn't say, stop it, what are you doing, don't do it, <laughs> grab you by the back of your hair, drag you home. He says, I know, that'd be nice if he did, right? I'd take it, you know, just caveman me, man, drag me back to the cave, whatever you got to do. Stop me! 
But he doesn't. He says, hey, stop. Don't do that. And when we're hearing all of that stuff in the world, when our focus isn't on him, you can be in the middle of all that noise in the world and still hear him if you're quiet in your spirit. I've traveled all over the world with a guy named Terry Henshaw. And, and uh, over the years, I've really got to know him. I've known him since I was 14. And I've spent tons of time with him uh, over, over all the years. And, and he, 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 when I would travel with him, he, he's, he spends time with God every morning because when he wakes up, most of the time, well, at the time, it wasn't in this country, it was somewhere else, and he needed to hear from God all day. And, and when those opportunities came, I watched him. I studied him. I studied what he did. I studied how he acted. I studied how he listened. I just, all of a sudden, I began to see things. I began to see clues and keys. Okay, spend time with God. That was important. He won't come out of that room until he's had that time. He'll go to sleep at 4 o'clock, but he'll wake up at 5 o'clock if we're going to leave at 6 o'clock so he can pray and get, get with God. And then when those instances come and those opportunities come where he has to make a decision or where he has to speak, he gets like in this other place, stone quiet, listening to what God's saying. We were in Poland one time, and, and the cops came. <laughs> and they, 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 they told us we couldn't do what we were doing. We had all these brick breaker guys, and we were... We were doing the brick breaker thing, gathering all these, these people, and then we'd preach to them. And, and we'd try to lead them to the Lord, pray for them if they're sick, do all those kind of things. Well, the cops came, and they said, you can't do that anymore. So we didn't want the pastors to get in trouble because they're the local guys. We're going to leave the next day. So we could continue doing it. It's not going to hurt us. But the local pastors are there. They, they'd get thrown in jail or something. So we, we went to the police station. He said, take me to the police station. And so he took off. So his son and I were like, we jumped in the back of the car. If you've been in Europe, the cars aren't any bigger than this table. So Jeremy and I are back there with our legs crossed on top of each other like, you know, we, but we ain't going to miss this. Not because we want to be part of the action. We want to see what, 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 what's going to happen. What's God going to do? How's this going to work? I want to be there. I want to learn. And so as we go into this, this building, it was like walking into like 1950s Russia. The doors were these weird padded things, and it was all dark, and the hallways were all, it was like communist to the T, just like it showed on the movies. And so we went to this place, and we, they opened the door, and there were all these guys sitting around the table. And they were all gruff looking, all serious. And he said, you two guys wait out there. We were like, cool. <laughs> Not a problem, because if we hear things go down, we can run. We, we'll make it out. So we sat in the hallway. And listen to the door. But before he went in, he told the interpreter, he said, listen, I don't want you saying what you think I said. I don't want you telling me what you think they said. I want you to tell me exactly what they said. And you need to tell them exactly what I say. And as they begin to question him, he began to listen. But then he begins to listen for the spirit. The spirit gives him the words to speak. And he speaks those words. Acts chapter 2, that Peter thing that says he speaks the words that cut right to the heart. In Peter's place, it was bringing people into the kingdom. In this place, it was getting all these people out of trouble and getting us out of town. Which was high on my priority list. But it was this thing that says, I, I have to listen. And when we pull up and all of a sudden the cops get on the thing, I've seen him get real quiet then too. 
when we were in Japan one time, we were teenagers, we were on a bus, and one of us didn't have a passport. Somebody lost it. And we drive into the airport, and these dudes get on with machine guns. And they want to see everybody's passport. He gets real quiet, real quick. He says a few things to the guard. Somebody behind him throws a passport back to that dude. He holds up that guy's passport. They say, great. They get off the bus. They go away, and off we go. I don't think they're going to shoot us in Japan. And I had my passport, so I didn't care. I'm getting on the plane. We, leave one behind. This is not the Marines. We, we, leave him. Leave him. It's the same kid who got lost in the subway, ended up almost in China. When we were in Hong Kong, he, he got, we got on the subway, and he didn't get off. Like, you have to go under the bay in Hong Kong, and you come up on the other side, and you stop, and then you go, you get off. And we went to the shopping place. Then we all realized, hey, where's Archibald? Like, about an hour later. I don't know. He was asleep on the train. Gets real quiet. I'm going to have to go home and tell these people that their kid's in China. Let's hear from God. Let's listen. Let's listen to what he's saying and telling us what to do. In those moments, in those instances, in those times, God wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you in that place. You have to be able to get still in your spirit to hear it, right? The other side of that is that green light thing. It says, hey, I don't know what this is, but man, it feels good on the inside. Billy Joe, one time, he shares this in one of his books. He, uh, he and his wife, Sharon, were getting, they were going around the country. They were just kind of traveling around. And, and he needed a van. His car wasn't big enough for all the stuff they took with him, and he needed a van. He felt like he needed a van. God spoke to him, said, you need to buy a van. Well, he, he shared that with somebody, and they said, oh, you don't need a van. Don't let somebody talk you out of what you feel in your heart is real. They said, you don't need a van. What you need is a camper so that when you pull up to the pastor's house where you're going, you can, you can get in the camper and you don't have to stay in his house. You have your own place. He said, it didn't make any sense to me. Reasoning quenches the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. The enemy to this leading, the enemy to this inward intuition, the enemy to God guiding us and leading us by our spirits is reasoning and feelings. Reasoning is the voice of your mind feelings are the voice of your flesh i don't feel like it who cares it doesn't make any sense to me but what did god say so billy joe gets talked out of it and he buys a camper spends his money on a camper they bring the camper back to their car and their car can't pull the camper (laughs) you learn from things like that you learn from mistakes like Ah, I should have listened to what I had in my heart. Regardless, see, you have something in your heart that sounds really good, that God is pulling you toward, that it is, man, you know that this, I don't know why, but man, this is what I need to do. And everybody's telling you you're stupid. They're all telling you you don't know what you're doing. Now listen, because there is wise counsel, but you know in your heart that this is the thing. Don't end up with a camper when he wants you to have a van. Because there they sat now, still going from place to place in their car, waiting to sell the camper so they could finally buy the van. <laughs> it happens. You make mistakes, but you mature and you go forward. But you've got to be quiet and you have to hear God. And I am telling you, those things that God begins to lead you in, begins to speak to you in your heart, they don't make sense to your head. They don't make sense to your flesh. 
in Romans chapter 5, or chapter 8, verses 5 through 8, it talks about carnal reasoning and your mental carnal state. When your mind is lined up with the flesh and with the world, it's, it's at war with God, the spirit man on the inside of you. And really, it says you can't please him if you get in that state. It says that when, you're, when you're in that place and your mind is on the flesh, your mind is in the world, now all of a sudden your mind is hooked up with your flesh, your body, and now like we talked on Sunday, it's going one direction. Your spirit man's saying, hey, 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 everybody, hang on. What about me? Somewhere along the way then, you have to click back into the spirit and say, you know what? I know it doesn't make sense to my... We all want to figure it out. When God tells us something or speaks something to us or shows something to us, we want to be able to figure it out. It has to make sense to us to go forward. That You will miss God I'm telling you, just about every time if you say it's got to make sense to my head before I act on it. Because most of the things I've done, probably most of the things that you've seen success in following the Spirit of God did not make sense to your head. And you didn't feel like doing it. Feelings will get you in trouble. I don't feel led to do that do it anyway you know your flesh will tell you all kinds of things your flesh makes a a way of escape your flesh isn't in this to see you be blessed your spirit man is in this to see you be blessed your mind has to believe and understand that you are blessed and then your flesh will be lived we talked about that on Sunday now It says in Jeremiah 17 that if you lean on this world, it's like 5 through 7 or 5 through 8 right in there. It says, there it is, cursed is the man who trusts in man. See, do you you listen to man or do you listen to God? Bring your journal and bring your Bible to church. Why? I don't care if you take note one that I say. But I want you to take one through five that God says to you. Why? You're in his presence here. You're quiet. You're coming expecting God to speak to you. Don't just think it's me. I've gotten messages sitting in that row. I I, I go back to them. I've gotten words. I've gotten all kinds of stuff just sitting there in that chair. I feel bad. Pastor Bill be preaching. I'd be writing all kinds of things. Pastor Pam does it all the time. She's, she's hearing from God and writing things down all the time. I think I'm really preaching a really good message. Because, man, she's writing it down. And then I hear later she got a whole other message out of it. She didn't hear a thing I said. So, Man, that's my mom, too. But in Jeremiah, it says that if you're that person who leans on man, you won't see when good comes. It goes on and says, you won't be able to see when good comes. And I, I, do you want to miss good? Do you want to miss overflow? Do you want to miss God moving in your life? Do you want to miss God doing something for you, your family, your kids? No. Be alert. Because the next one says then that you're the guy who leans on the word. And if you lean on the word, you're going to be blessed. And everything that you do is going to prosper. Ha, that's what I want. Are you going to prosper or are you not going to see good come? You have to determine this. We all do. 
and you led by the Spirit the same way I'm led by the Spirit. But it's a maturing process. I mean, it's a day-by-day thing as you continue to hear from God. I mean, to have Him move you down that place. But I'll tell you this, He'll begin to confirm His Word in your heart. Confirmation from God. It's that thing that says, I think this is God, and then you hear it the next day while you're watching Joyce Meyer. And it just, you know what it is because it stops you in your tracks. You were fiddling over this thing in your head trying to figure out what it was, and then Joyce Meyer spoke that scripture that day and told you to go do what God had just told you to do, and you go, Joyce knows about me? No, God does. God knows about you. And in this book that we're reading or going through, and some of this is from the book, some of it's from Determining Divine Direction, some of it's other stuff. I mean, this is all these things mixed together. But it's a Jensen Franklin book. We have some now in the book, so they're 10 bucks. It's right people, right place, right plan. Talking about discerning the voice of God so that you end up with the right people in the right place with the right plan in your life. We'll talk about that next week. But here's the deal. He says, and he begins to share these things. God will begin to confirm those things that he's speaking to you in your life as you go forward. Gideon was told that he was a mighty man of valor and that the whole tribe would be, would be saved because he did what God told him to do. But he was freaked out by it. He was scared. And so he did what's called in the Old Testament is he cast the fleece. And he told God, then this is the difference between confirmation and a, and a fleece. Because I think sometimes we say, God, draw an arrow in the sky out of these clouds. Have it point right down to where I'm supposed to go, and I'll go there. That's what Gideon did. That's weak faith. That's a, I'm going to tell God what to do to lead me. See, he said, if you make it wet and the ground dry, I'll go do it. And what happens in that is you rarely get the courage to go do it. You just turn it around like Gideon did. Make the ground wet and the fleece dry. And God did. Now, he got wise and went and did it. For us in confirmation, it says, God, I, I believe, I think, I, 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 this is what I heard. This is what I thought you showed me. I, I need to know that this is you. And then leave it up to him to confirm that thing in your life. And be open. He confirms it from that thing on the inside of you, that still small voice that's there. There are like six, seven, eight ways that he does these kind of things. He begins to speak to you on the inside and it confirms that thing that he said. There's scripture. I'll tell you this. When you begin to understand the voice of the Spirit, lesson number one, the Spirit speaks what the Word says. I can't tell you what God's telling you unless you tell me something crazy that goes against scripture. Then I can say that in God. Well, how do you know? Doesn't line up with Scripture. Just today, this guy, Mark Dristle, he's, he's a pastor, Mars Hill, in, in Seattle, I think, and, and he's got all these churches out there. Some girl, some girl sent him a tweet and said, I believe that I prayed, and I asked God if I should live with my boyfriend, and I believe he said yes. And he replied to her, you've asked the wrong person. Because that's not according to his word. It's according to your heart. 
When you've got when you've got stake in the game, you got to be careful. When you've got an inkling like I want to do this anyway, be careful because you can stir these things around. The enemy can start leading you down these paths. You you want to you want to get out anyway. You want to get in anyway. And so when God begins to speak to you, you don't listen so clearly. You're a little fogged. Careful. But he'll begin to show you in his word. He'll begin to confirm what he said and spoke to your spirit in the word. Then he'll begin, there's prophetic confirmation. Where you hear somebody speak a prophetic word, and that is that that jibes with what God just told you. You ever had your eyes closed somewhere and you're just praising, and somebody has a word, they speak that word, and it's like exactly what you did, and you just like, bing, your eyes pop open. And your heart starts beating. God's telling you, that's me. Ask for confirmation. You don't want to go without, you want to know. The fourth one that he talks about is godly counsel. That uh, somebody who's following God, who's listening to the Spirit, can't tell you what the Spirit is telling you, but like my son, I can give him wisdom and I can send him down the right path and then I can check in with him again later and see how it went. I've been right and I've been wrong and I'm godly wisdom in his life as his father. I guess in his pastor and everything else. This poor kid's been mixed up. I've been his youth pastor, his pastor, I've been his dad, I've been his coach, I've been everything. But see, there's wisdom in godly counsel, if you'll seek it. But again, it's that thing that says, I don't want somebody to tell me no. I want to do this anyway. The fifth thing is the circumstances and the things that are going on in your life. Dan Peter, years ago, before he came to Victor to be youth pastor full-time, he was at home and he worked at the bank and he had a date on his refrigerator that he had felt like, that's the date I'm going to quit bank and I'm going to go work in the ministry full-time. And it was like a year and a half away or something and he had it on his fridge, man. And he kept, he kept looking at it, looking at it, looking at it and that's what he kept speaking. And one day he went to the bank and he was the biggest earner in the loan department that he was in. He was the one that they wouldn't get rid of and they said, your job has just been eliminated. And he said, excuse me. Yeah, you don't have a job anymore. So he went home, and somewhere between there and home, or somewhere between there and sitting with his wife and praying, he said, I believe that God has accelerated this time, and what we're going through right now is just an opportunity to move forward with what we have in our heart. The circumstances began to confirm to him that it was time to go. The sixth one is the peace, right? He brings peace. That confirms it. You hear God, you write it down, you say, man, I think this is God, and then his peace comes. Quiet, calm, rest. Follow that. Don't follow the 99 trombones or whatever. Follow the quiet. Follow the peace that's in your heart. The seventh one that he uses is provision. That if God has led you down this path, if he has taken you this direction, where God guides, he provides. For me, many times, this one is the opposite. This is the one that tells me I'm not doing the right thing because provision dries up. Now, the enemy will fight you in this, and you have to fight spiritually against him to see that provision continue. It's not just going to be automatic. You've got to continue to lean on God. But I'm telling you, somewhere in that, in that journey, the provision dries up. Then you've got to go back to God and say, uh, is this really you? Did I miss it? Did I make a mistake? 
The other side of that coin is you begin to do it and provision comes out of left field and right field and center field. You don't know why, but it just starts coming. That's what you got to believe. That, that, what, that the decisions that you made and the things that you heard are real and that in that place, as he guides you down this path that you've never been before, he begins to pour out provision for you from all these different places. Begin to speak that provision comes. Over and above what you're doing right now, over and above what you can figure out right now, begin to speak and believe that provision is coming from the east and the west and the north and the south, that you're, that you're, you're gathering a harvest from fields you haven't planted seed in. You believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are doing what God asked you and called you to do. Now, his provision will follow you in that, but you have to fight for it and call for it. Amen? We're going to talk on Sunday about wealthy, right? Healthy, wealthy, wise. This week's wealthy. Another one that's not on here that I really felt strongly about is dreams and visions. Like when Peter stood up and said to the people who were there, they said, what the heck is going on? Are you all drunk? And he said, nope. He said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, that your young men would dream dreams and your old men would see visions. That God will wake you up and he'll begin to speak something to you and it confirms what he told you. Get up. Get up. It's worth getting up at 3 o'clock if God's going to confirm something in your heart that's going to give you peace to go forward. It's worth getting up at 3 o'clock if God's going to speak something to you that stops you from doing something that's devastating in your life and in your family. It's worth it. You can miss a little sleep. I can miss a little sleep. God will give you strength anyway. But He wants to confirm His Word in your life. I don't know where you are. Let's stand up. I want to pray for you. I don't know where you are in this journey of following after God. You have to know His Word. You have to be born again first. But as your spirit man becomes alive on the inside, I'm telling you, you have to practice this. And I don't mean like trial or error. You, you, have, to, you have to put this to practice in your life. Because the more you ignore what God's telling you to do, the more callous you become and the harder it is to hear Him. But the more you do what He asks you, the more you follow that inward intuition in your life, the more clearly it becomes and you can discern His voice clearly. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.